everyone's talking about this new Tucker Carlson interview of Elon Musk, and in particular, artificial intelligence, AI. Elon Musk has become very vocal in the last several weeks about warning us about artificial intelligence and calling for a pause. I was on uh, Steve Bannon during Holy Week, and we were discussing the threat of artificial intelligence. Here is a clip from that interview of Elon and Tucker Carlson explaining the situation. So I think we should be cautious with uh, AI, um, and we should, I think there should be some government oversight uh, because it affects the, it, it's a danger to the public. AI is um, more dangerous than, say, mismanaged aircraft design or production maintenance or, or, or b bad car production. It has the potential of civilizational destruction. Regulations are really only put into effect after something terrible has happened. That's correct. If that's the case for AI, and we only put in regulations after something terrible has happened, it may be too late to actually put the regulations in place. The AI may be in control at that point. If you have um, a superintelligent uh, AI that is capable of writing uh, incredibly well and, and in a way that is very influential, um, you know, convincing, uh, and then and, and is and is constantly figuring out what is more what is more what is more convincing to people over time, and then enters social media, for example, Twitter, uh, but also Facebook and others, you know. Um, and, and potentially manipulates public opinion in a way that is very bad. Um, how would we even know? Why is Elon Musk saying this? And I'm going to play today with you. I'm going to do a little chat GPT here live on the show. And I want to get your response live in the live chat. I'll bring some of y'all in. Uh, regarding chat GPT, its accuracy, and whether it's dangerous. Now, before we start playing with ChatGPT and doing a little investigation of our own, here are some comments from Elon Musk to Tucker Carlson on the problem of artificial intelligence and AI. Quote, this is Elon Musk, AI is more dangerous than mismanaged aircraft design or production maintenance or bad car production in the sense that it is, it has the potential, however small one may regard that probability, but it is not trivial. It has the potential of civilization destruction. Okay, Elon Musk is a smart guy. I obviously don't agree with everything he says. He and I have different worldviews. He's very much part of the tech giants. I'm very much part of the Catholic world. And he doesn't have a Catholic worldview. But he believes that AI has the power to destroy civilization. The words Elon Musk uses are potential of civilization destruction. Also in the interview with Tucker Carlson, Elon Musk has this to say, quote, if you have a super intelligent artificial intelligence that is capable of writing incredibly well in a way that is very influential, you know, convincing and it's constantly figuring out what is more convincing to people over time and then enters social media, for example, Twitter and also Facebook and others. And remember, Elon owns Twitter and potentially manipulates public opinion in a way that is very bad. How would we even know? Now, this concern has already happened in mainstream media with humans 
right? We just have really smart humans. They know what is clickable. They know what stories are pe people are going to go to. They know how to sway people to vote in certain ways, certain patterns. They know what to stream on Netflix. They have all the data on view rates, where people stop watching on TV shows, where they stop watching on streamed films. They have all this data, and they are accumulating that data, studying that data, just like they study it in baseball, football, and basketball, and they are honing their messages. Same thing in video games, by the way. They're honing all that data to get you, your attention, your thoughts, your persuasion, all of those things. And I think Elon Musk is right, so is Steve Bannon, on sounding the alarm. It's dangerous, but can it even be stopped? All right, so we're going to do a little chat GPT here. Chat GPT has connections with Microsoft. It's the most popular, some would say most powerful uh, form of AI. You can go in there. It's just like a chat. And you type in something. And it'll give you almost instantly, almost instantly, it'll give you some answers um, written in the form of a essay. You can say, I want 12 points on this. You can say, I want a five-paragraph essay on the Tyrannosaurus Rex. I want a 12-paragraph essay on Dorothy Sayers. I want a one paragraph description of Thomas Aquinas and within less than a minute, it produces it for you with almost perfect grammar and perfect spelling. Okay. So I, before the show, before going live just now, I was like, I'm going to pull up some prompts here and I'm going to give chat GPT the opportunity to give us the answer. And then I'm going to read them to you and we'll get together as a group live. We're going to judge it. Okay. So the very first one I put on here is, who is Taylor Marshall? I figured I was somewhat of an authority on this topic. And so I asked ChatGBT, who is Taylor Marshall? And here is what ChatGBT said. They gave me a three-paragraph answer of who I am. Now, what ChatGBT is doing is it's going on the internet and it's just calling everything. Wikipedia, I don't know what their algorithm is, but they're getting all this data and bringing it together very quickly. Here is what ChatGPT says, who is Taylor Marshall? Taylor Marshall is a Catholic theologian, author, and podcast host. He was born on October 28, 1973 in Fort Worth, Texas. Pause, that's wrong. I was not born on October 28, 1973. That's a mistake. So this shows already that this stuff is not infallible. The very first sentence, who was Taylor Marshall, they got wrong. Now, by the way, I think I know why ChatGBT got this wrong. Do you know whose birthday is October 28th, who's in a similar web space as me? Does anybody know? Let me look in the live chat. Does anybody know who has the birthday October 28th? No one said, no one knows. Scott Hahn. All right, Scott Hahn's birthday is October 28th. So I am guessing here that ChatGPT, when they were studying me, there was something adjacent with Scott Hahn, and they didn't get my birthday. They grabbed Scott Hahn's birthday, and they put it in here, the chat GPT. So that's an error. It's, not, it's a fallible situation. I was born in Fort Worth, Texas, so they got that right. Marshall holds a PhD in philosophy, for, philosophy from the University of Dallas, where he specialized in Thomas Aquinas' metaphysics and natural theology. 
That's more or less correct. Marshall is the author of several books on Catholic theology and history, including The Crucified Rabbi, Judaism and the Origins of Catholic Christianity, The Catholic Perspective on Paul, and Infiltration, The Plot to Destroy the Church from Within. He is also the host of a popular podcast, The Taylor Marshall Show, where he discusses topics related to Catholicism, philosophy, and current events. That sounds pretty good. And at the end, it says Marshall has been a controversial figure within the Catholic Church due to his criticisms of Pope Francis and his perceived alignment with traditional Catholicism. So there it is. So right off the bat, there is error here, and I'm going to go into the live here. What do you guys think about this? I mean, if you were going to do a book report on just, and the reason I chose myself is just because I know who I am. If you're going to do a book report on me and you type that in there, it would be pretty good, but you would definitely fail because, well, maybe not fail, but you would have objective error in your essay because AI is not smart enough to get all these facts right. Okay, so what do you guys think? People are saying, watch the movie Terminator, foretell the future, life is strange. You know, the Terminator, those robots weren't all that. I mean, I guess there were other computers that were smart and they just sent the Arnold Schwarzenegger type Terminator to kill people. So I guess those were brutes. But I guess somewhere up in the Terminator world, Terminator hierarchy, there were supercomputers that were creating all this stuff and taking over humans. Going back in here. Um, yeah, I can't get basic facts correct. I'm not asking AI. How about asking who the Nephilim are? Okay. Uh, let's ask who the Nephilim are to chat GPT. Okay. Who are the Nephilim? Question mark. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. It's almost done typing up an essay. It's on paragraph two. It's now started paragraph three, paragraph four. Okay, it gave me four paragraphs. It's done. According to ChatGPT, the Nephilim are a mysterious group of beings mentioned in the Bible, specifically in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis. The exact meaning and nature of the Nephilim is not entirely clear, and there are different interpretations among scholars and theologians. The word Nephilim is derived from the Hebrew word nephil, meaning fallen ones or giants. That's not exactly true. So the Hebrew nephil means fallen. It doesn't mean giants. So that's actually a factual error. The text describes them as the offspring of the sons of God and the daughters of men in Genesis 6, 1 through 4. That's true. Some scholars interpret the sons of God as fallen angels or demons, while others see them as human beings from a different tribe or group. That's also true. The Nephilim are described as being mighty and powerful with some interpretations suggesting they were physically large or giant-like in stature. The text also suggests that they may have been involved in violence and wickedness. The story of the Nephilim is shrouded in mystery, and there is much debate and speculation about their true identity and nature. Some interpret the Nephilim as literal giants, while others see them as symbolic or the corruption of wickedness of humanity. Regardless of their true nature, the story of Nephilim has captivated the imagination of many people and has inspired numerous works of art, literature, and film, end quote. That's a pretty good essay on the Nephilim. One minor mistake about the meaning of the Hebrew term. So just like when we asked chat GPT about who's Taylor Marshall, it had one factual mistake. It put Scott Hahn's birthday in instead of my birthday. Here, 
We just have a mistake about the Hebrew word nephil. Otherwise, it's pretty decent. Okay, I'm going back to y'all in the live chat. What do you guys think? Have y'all done this AI stuff? What do you think about AI images, AI video? So here's where the problem's going. Take someone like me who has over a thousand videos on the internet. My voice, you could get my voice saying so many words of vocabulary in English and Latin and Greek and different ways that I speak and my tone and my cadence and my pace and when I drop my voice and when I raise my voice, all that. There's so many examples of it. You could get a bot, an AI bot to capture all that info, analyze it, assign every single word in the dictionary to my voice. You can also get a bot to capture my face and to manipulate my mouth, depending on the words I'm saying. And you could create an entire, this is scary, you could create an entire YouTube video of me, Taylor Marshall, with my voice, with my facial expressions, talking for one hour about how awesome fill-in-the-blank is, Lutheranism is. You could create a one-hour video. You could create a one-hour video of me talking about how much I love something ridiculous. I don't know. Uh, the Southern Baptist Convention. I don't know. Just make up stuff. And you wouldn't know the difference. There are already examples in movies and TV shows where the actor or actress gets a line wrong and they didn't catch it. And then later in editing, they said, oh, you messed that up. They go in, they put the right words in. Sometimes they don't even need the person to come and voice it over in the microphone. They just sample it, fix it, put it in, and then they go in and they change the mouth to make the person on the screen. Jose says, is it you right now? See, what you don't know is, is I've been working with Elon and I've got a machine that just makes YouTube videos for me every day. I just type in something and then it creates my image in my mouth. I'm just kidding. That's not true. It's me. I'm live. I'm here. Not a hologram. But I'm telling you, a day may come when someone like me on YouTube or whatever the future of YouTube is says, you know, I, I don't really want to comb my hair today and brush my teeth and, and shave and put on a jacket. I'm just going to sit in bed and I'm going to tell chat video, um, create a video in the voice of Taylor Marshall with Taylor Marshall's face uh, talking for 45 minutes on the topic of the traditional Latin mass. In particular, talking about the difference between low mass and high mass enter, create, and then it just buzzes. And maybe 30 minutes later, it creates an entire video. All my inflections, all my voices, even my personality. Let's try something else on chat GPT. I'm going to try something a little more sophisticated. I'm going to say, um, tell me about the, um, Tell me about the person of St. Thomas Aquinas in the voice and style of Taylor Marshall. Let's just see what it does. All right. Enter. It doesn't like that. 
No dice. All right. Uh, write an essay about Thomas Aquinas in the style and voice of Taylor Marshall. Let's see what it says. All right, it's writing, third paragraph, fourth paragraph. It's just writing. Yeah, this is actually pretty good. All right, here we go. Thomas Aquinas, without a doubt, one of the most influential and brilliant theologians in the history of Christianity. His writing on philosophy and theology continue to be studied and debated to this day, and his legacy can be seen in the works of countless scholars and thinkers. Now, what's interesting is I have a book, at least one book, actually two books, on Thomas Aquinas. So if ChatGPT has access to those digital ebooks or even the PDFs, it can actually take my voice and what I've said about Thomas Aquinas and distill it into these paragraphs. So let's see if it did that. I kind of know those books and I know my voice, so we'll see if this is accurate. One of the things that makes Aquinas so remarkable is the sheer scope of his intellectual achievements. He wrote everything from metaphysics to ethics, from political theory to biblical exegesis, and his works are filled with insights and arguments that have stood the test of time. That sounds like something I wrote in my book, Thomas Aquinas in 50 pages, towards the introduction. I don't know if it's word for word, but it's close. But perhaps the most important thing about Aquinas is the way he integrated his faith and reason. For Aquinas, faith has not something separate from reason, is not something separate from reason, but rather something that could be understood and explained in rational terms. He believed that reason was a gift from God and that could be used to deepen our understanding of God and his creation. So I do have a video on this topic of Thomas Aquinas and faith and reason. I say similar things to that. I mean, that's pretty common to think about Aquinas, but it does remind me of a video I made about it. The approach was not without its challenges, however. Aquinas lived in a time when the dominant intellectual tradition in Europe was Aristotelian philosophy, which was seen by many as incompatible with Christian theology. Aquinas himself had to struggle with how to reconcile these two seemingly different worldviews, and his efforts to do so have been the subject of much scholarly debate. Good. Despite these challenges, Aquinas ultimately succeeds in crafting a compelling synthesis of faith and reason that has been that has had a profound impact on Western thought. His emphasis on the importance of reason in a theological inquiry paved the way for the development of modern science and its insights into human nature and morality continue to inform contemporary debates on these topics. This is pretty good. This is pretty good. All right, let's ask something more con controversial. Let's say, um, tell us about the Second Vatican Council. All right, I want to hear what chat GPT says about Second Vatican Council. Remember, this is a robot talking to me. This is not a real person. This is an algorithm gathering data and putting it into grammatical sentences. But it seems like a human wrote it. All right, so y'all want to know what chat GPT says about Vatican II? The Second Vatican Council, also known as Vatican II, was a historic gathering of bishops that took place in Rome from 1962 to 1965. The council aimed to address issues facing the church and modernize its practices, doctrines, and relationships with other religions. The council produced a number of significant documents and reforms, including challenges to the liturgy, greater emphasis on the role of the laity, and improved relations with non-Catholic Christians and other faiths. However, 
there has been controversy about the council, particularly among some traditional Catholics who believe it represented a departure from traditional church teachings and practices. Some of the criticism include the council's emphasis on ecumenism and interfaith dialogue, the use of vernacular languages in the mass, and the role of the change to the role of clergy and laity. There have also been debates on the interpretation of the council's documents and whether some of its reforms were properly implemented or went too far. These debates have led to tensions within the church and criticisms of the council by some Catholics, while others see it as necessary and a positive development for the church, end quote. For a three-paragraph essay, it's pretty good. If you just wanted to plagiarize that, you could probably get score at least a B on that. So is this a robot or is this a demon? And Elon Musk says this could potentially destroy civilization. Why? Well, first, if AI can be controlled, they can manipulate data. Instead of just going to, in the future, now you go to Wikipedia and you read an article and you're like, eh, something's off about this. And you can look in, you can see who edited the article and the sources and all that, right? A time may be coming where instead of like going to Wikipedia and looking up words, you're just going to get your phone out. Sorry, I was doing like a 1980s modem. Probably not going to have a modem. And you type in there, um, what is same-sex attraction? Enter. Brrr, creates a little essay about it. And an essay that's written persuasively one way or the other by a supercomputer. Um, who should I vote for in this election? Enter. Right? Here are my symptoms of my illness. Enter. You have this disease. Right? Should I hire so-and-so? Pull up every Facebook image of this person from these years, boom, brrr. I mean, do you see where this is going? And then the ability to manipulate and change the output. It will never be objective. It will be according to the whims of someone or something or whatever. Okay. Um, Alejandra Casey asks, what is a woman? Okay, I'm going to ask chat GPT that. What? What is a woman? Question mark. Let's see what happens. The question, what is a woman, is a complex one that has been debated and discussed by philosophers, feminists, and scholars throughout history. While there is no one definitive answer, there are some commonly accepted definitions. Biologically, a woman is a female human who is capable of giving birth. Women typically have female reproductive organs and hormones different from men. However, it's important to note that not all women are able to give birth or identify with female gender identity. In cultural and social contexts, the definition of womanhood can vary widely depending on various beliefs, traditions, and norms. In many cultures, womanhood is associated with specific roles, such as being a caregiver, homemaker, nurturer. However, these traditional, traditional gender roles are increasingly being challenged and redefined 
by feminist movements that seek to empower women and promote gender equality. In the realm of gender identity, a woman is typically someone who identifies as a female, regardless of their biological sex. Gender identity is a complex and personal aspect of identity that can vary greatly from person to person and is important to respect and recognize the diversity of all gender identities. In summary, the concept of womanhood encompasses biological, cultural, social, and personal dimensions and is continually evolving and being redefined by changing social norms and movements, end quote. So there you see the chat definitely has an agenda. Definitely says that it's continually evolving and being redefined, right? So this answer uh, reveals that an agenda has been put into the algorithm to produce that kind of answer. So Alejandra Casey, good question and to put into the bot. So you can see already, you know, whether I ask who is Taylor Marshall, what is the Second Vatican Council, uh, what are the Nephilim? What is a woman? There's an answer, and it comes under a minute. And it's programmed somehow to produce a conclusion. People are saying it feels biased. I agree. Um, who founded the Catholic Church? Let's try that. Who founded the Catholic Church? The Catholic Church traces its roots back to Jesus Christ and the Apostles. According to Catholic tradition, Jesus Christ himself founded the Church during his lifetime on earth and appointed the Apostle Peter as the first pope or leader of the Church. That's pretty good. Based, as the youngsters say, on point. So as you can see, this is very powerful. Most people are not aware of it yet. But give it 10 years, you know, should I buy a Ford or a Chevy truck or a Dodge or a Toyota? People are going to type that in there. Somehow, I just imagine that the truck manufacturers are somehow going to be involved in how that answer is outputted. Is it going to be the highest bidder? If Ford says, we'll give you a billion dollars if when people type into the chat, which is the best truck in 2028, it comes out and says the Ford F-150. Right? Political candidates. Right? What's the best church to go to in town? What's the best restaurant in Dallas, Texas? Who is the prettiest woman in America? Who is the ugliest woman in America? Who is the smartest person? Who is the happiest person? There's going to be answers being generated to all these questions, and they're going to feel and look objective because it came from the little magic box, the super mind, the hive mind. And what Elon Musk says, let me read that for people who are just now joining us. Elon Musk says, you're going to have a super intelligent AI that's capable of writing incredibly well in a way that is influential, in, influential and convincing and potentially manipulate public opinion in a way that is very bad. 
He says that's certainly a path to AI dystopia. He also calls for government regulation on AI. And my question to that is, really? We're going to go and give the uh, investigative powers and the president and senators the power to regulate this, to make it fair or to make it legit? What? Come on. That's not... I mean, I agree there needs to be some kind of a a break put on this, but I'm not so sure the government regulating this, like who should I vote for? You don't think the government's going to get involved in that? Joey Oliva says you, the audience watching, you are Taylor's algorithm. Please share on social media platforms. You are on and spread the word. Thank you, Joey. That's true. So what do you guys think? I'm going to wrap up here. I want to hear y'all. Is this going to be evil? Is it going to be neutral? Is there a way to moderate it? Who's programming it? What is their agenda? What's going to happen when young people start using this to find answers in life? Here are the 10 things that I feel Tell me if I am a male or a female. Enter. You th there's going to be people who do that. Here is how I'm feeling. Should I get this vaccine? Enter. You should get it because according to your symptoms, and beep, 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 right? That's what's going to happen. There's going to be lies involved too. You know, they're going to manipulate facts. You're going to ask objective questions like, uh, I don't know, you might ask questions about the death of JFK. You might ask questions about buildings falling down. You might ask questions about all other controversial topics. And they're going to be giving you a pre-programmed answer in an essay format. Jeff Bradley says, there is no way to moderate and it is all evil. Timmer says, it's all about control. Like any advance in technology, it will change the human language and the way we communicate with one another. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. You know, when I was younger, we didn't even have these stupid phones in our pocket. You know, you're, you would learn stuff like, I remember, for example seeing on a coin, e pluribus unum, and asking my mom, mom, what does this mean? She goes, it's Latin. I said, well, what does it mean in Latin? She's like, I'm not really sure. Your grandfather went to med school, and so he studied Latin. He can probably tell you what it means. So I got to wait a week to the weekend when I see my grandfather, and I pull out a coin and say, hey, grandpa, papa, this coin says E pluribus unum on it. It's Latin, right? What does that mean? Right? And he says, oh, that's Latin. It means out of many one. Oh, wow. Thanks, Papa. See, I had to gain knowledge intergenerational. Kids nowadays, they just Google E pluribus unum. What do you mean? Boom. Within five seconds, they have the answer to it. I grew up still in the ancient times of intergenerational teaching, tradition, 
like a wisdom culture where when there are certain facts, you had to go to your grandpa. Like when we wrote reports, get this, when we wrote reports on World War II, part of that process was interviewing your grandfather about where was he in World War II. Yes, we had encyclopedias where we could look up things about World War II, but there weren't a lot of like documentaries constantly streaming. There wasn't a Wikipedia. There was books. But the best, like your teacher would say, call up your grandpa and talk to him. That was how, part of how you did your research. You talk to people. Nowadays, we've got all this digital apparatus around us. In a way, we get access to a lot of information. But in another way, the information we're getting is coming through filters. Right? The way my kids are going to understand World War II is going to be filtered through the moderators at Wikipedia or wherever. Is that bad? Is that good? Do you think, by the way, before I sign off here, do you think Elon Musk is right? Or is he playing us? Does he got a trick up his sleeve? I mean, he owns Twitter, and Twitter does have this sort of hive mind AI element to it. It could be used for mass disinformation. So is Elon legit? The singularity would plug AI out of its intended agenda, but we would we would be an iRobot situation. That's an interesting movie, iRobot. New generation is first generation to teach older people, unfortunately. Yeah, it's interesting. When I was young, the whole idea, your grand, our grandparents were revered. They were like elders in the community. Nowadays, the new generation, the Zoomers, are like, okay, boomer, and they hate the older generation. Now, I understand the boomer generation brought in sort of this wave of, well, ever since 1960s Woodstock generation, and they resent that. So I get that as well, but it's kind of sad. I think most traditional cultures, the elderly, your grandparents, were revered as having survived and lived and had a certain amount of wisdom and prudence to pass on. I remember my grandfather saying to me, Taylor, I wish I could just put a cord between my brain and your brain and just give you everything that I know so that you would have it. Well, we don't have that. Actually, Elon Musk may be trying to do that Neuralink. But what we did have was sitting around playing chess while he smoked cigarettes and talking about the world. It was an intergenerational conversation that I think made me a better person. Cheryl says AI is dangerous and evil. Elon is correct. AI is an existential threat. All right, so um, I don't really have any awesome answers for you. I'm not like, hey, let's go do this. I don't know how this is going to shake out. I don't think the people at ChatGPT know how this is going to shake out. No one knows how this is going to shake out. I think we all have a sense that this is a Frankenstein moment. You're creating Frankenstein. He's going to get out. He's going to start killing little girls. And the blind guy. Am I conflating that with young Frankenstein? I don't know. I think it's Gene Hackman. Isn't Gene Hackman when he lights his cigar and it's his finger? It's hilarious. It's a Frankenstein moment. It's a Jurassic Park moment. Hey, let's just make all these dinosaurs and splice the DNA with 
other amphibians and frogs and toads. Oh no, now they're breaking out and killing and eating everyone. This is the myth of Prometheus. The idea that you can overreach. It's the, it's the story of Genesis. We can reach out to the tree and take, and it'll make us like gods. And as soon as we taste, we fall into death and sin and despair. And it takes God to come into our world, born of a virgin, and die a bloody death on a cross and rise on the third day, hallelujah, to fix it. All right, let's pray in our Father together. Oremus nomini Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater noster, qui es in celi, sanctificetur nomen tuum, advenia regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cello et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis odie, et dimite nobis debita nostra. Sicut et nos dimitimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Almighty God, guide us, give us prudence, on how to navigate this modern world with all this technology and confusion. We pray through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Nomini Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thanks for watching. Please like the video. Give it a thumbs up. Please subscribe. You are my algorithm. I guarantee that the bots aren't like, man, that Taylor Marshall, he just created a really interesting video about AI or Latin Mass or Nephilim or whatever. We should promote that. No. No, that's not going to happen. So you're my algorithm. Please share this on social media, Twitter, Facebook, so that people see it. And uh, make sure you're praying your rosary every day. Make sure you love your family. Give everybody hugs, kisses, say I love you. Uh, grandparents, pass on your wisdom to your grandchildren. Grandchildren, receive the wisdom of your elders. Read sacred scripture. Get to know the church fathers through their writings and receive their wisdom. And what else? If you want to take online courses, go to New St. Thomas Institute, nsti.com. Got an Easter special. You get all 10 courses, Old Testament, New Testament, Catholic apologetics, philosophy, theology, Thomas Aquinas, um, Latin mass course, how to go to the Latin mass, how to make the response, how to make the prayers in Latin. All of it's there. Sign up today at nsti.com. Also, if you want to move to a different part of the country that's more conservative, more traditional, find traditional Catholic parish, Latin Mass, contact the people at realestateforlife.org and tell them you heard about it on the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. They can help you sell your home anywhere in the world and move to anywhere else in the world. And they have the same worldview and know what you're trying to accomplish. So go to realestateforlife.org and they can help you. Check out my book, Infiltration, if you want to know what's going on, all this craziness in the church and in society. And you want to know where we're going, go to Antichrist and Apocalypse on Amazon. That's my latest best-selling book, number one bestseller. You've got the audio version. You've got the paperback. You've got the uh, ebook, You've got the hardback. It's all there. Get a copy. And if you want a signed copy of it, go to patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. That's my Patreon. If you want to help me, if you want to support my podcast, my writing, my books, Patreon is the way you do it. You can make a monthly contribution as low as $7. I'll send you a rosary. I'll send you a book to thank you. 
There's higher tiers as well, where you get free online courses, signed books like Antichrist and Apocalypse. So if you like the content I produce and you want to help me in some way, in a small way or in a big way, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash DR Taylor Marshall. I'll send you rosary, other things to say thank you. And I appreciate everyone who supports me and my work. I realize how privileged I am. I am truly privileged that there are people who donate, support, buy my books, take my courses that allow me to do this. Talk on a webcam, a dad on a webcam. What a blessing. Thank you. Y'all make that possible. And I am grateful to you. So thank you very much. I know it's a unique situation and I try my best to prepare and give you content that's not just thought provoking, but hold, hopefully leads you to become a better disciple of Jesus Christ, more in love with God and your neighbor. That being said, pray your rosary every day. If you don't pray the rosary, you're not on the team. Read your Bible every day. Until next time, remember our Lord Jesus Christ is you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Godspeed. I forgot one more thing. Joy and I and our family are leading a pilgrimage to Europe to Marian, Shrine, Marian Shrines and Sites. And uh, there are a few more spots left. If you'd like to join us on our pilgrimage with other Catholic pilgrims, we'll have traditional Latin Mass every day. We'll pray the rosary together every day and go to Marian Shrines like Fatima, Lords will be in Portugal, Spain, France, Paris. Go to, I'll put it on the screen. There's only a few, I'm talking about few, like under 10. Pilgrimages.com forward slash Taylor Marshall. There's only a few spots left, but if you'd like to join us this summer, this June, and go to Europe with us and pray and have Latin Mass and Marian Shrines and pray the rosary, please do pilgrimages.com forward slash Taylor Marshall. God bless. Godspeed.